If I were to do a straw poll on what one of the, the greatest danger, dangers that we face, I wonder what kind of answers we would hear. What kind of answers? What's the greatest danger that we face? You know, uh, Steph and I used to live in Australia. In fact, Lucy and Ellie, our, our two girls are born there, and uh, Daniel was born over here. But we, uh, we lived there for seven years, and the greatest dangers over there were very simply the three S's. Sharks, snakes, and spiders. Look out, mate. And I uh, didn't see a shark. Didn't see a snake. Saw some spiders, though. Got to be careful. But uh, in Australia, they're the clear the dangers, but we don't have any sharks here, so we're fine. But on a serious note, there are dangers, aren't there, in our, in our modern world? I mean, knife crime is on the rise, you know, violence, apathy is a danger in, in, in the world, being busy, that's a danger. But I would like to propose to you that the greatest danger that we face is this, not hearing the word of God, and not hearing the voice of God. I was thinking about it this week, and I think that really is one of the greatest dangers it's not hearing the voice of God. And conversely, therefore, I would suggest one of the greatest needs that we have is to hear the voice of God. Why is that? Why is that? Because hearing his voice, he, we hear what he says about a particular situation and it fills us with hope. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, a talk that I gave called Hoping for Hope. That the, One of the, the greatest um, problems of this age is hopelessness. But it's only when you listen to what God says and we look to his truth in situations that we can have hope. Hearing his voice directs our paths when we say, Lord, where do I turn to? Hearing his voice comforts and affirms. It banishes the lies the enemy throws at us. Hearing him, hearing his voice can literally change our world. It can change our future. You know, I'm so grateful to Wendy's talk last week. Such a great talk on living the abundant life and having deep roots. And bless her, she was, went to a really vulnerable place and shared her story about a dark night of the soul. And, and I'd like to encourage you to, to listen to that talk. But she said in that place of crying, all of a sudden she could hear the comfort of the Lord, hear the love of the Lord. And that changed her. And for some of us this morning, for some of us this morning, I can just feel that you're yearning to hear the voice of God. You're yearning to hear the voice of God. Now here's the thing, we've been in this series, haven't we, called From Me to You, the series From Me to You, where the preachers have come up and, and given a, a word that the Lord has placed on their heart, but, I, but what we've been doing is something else, very intentionally, and that is modeling that, that God has something to say, that God has a message. But I'll let you into a little secret. You don't have to wait for us to tell you what God says. God has something for you. And so over the next weeks, we're going to look at how to listen to God. And the title of this talk, this mini two-part talk, is called From Him to You. From Him to You, listening to God. And we're going to get really practical. Therein lies the answers to why we have these pieces of paper around and pencils. And we're going to use those later. We're going to get really practical. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to equip ourselves to be able to listen to God. But of course, before we can move on, the question which lies before us is this, does God speak today? Does God speak today? And in order to make this as simple and as clear as possible, I'm going to answer with one word, yes. Amen. Therein lies the end of the talk. <laughs> and it was great, Richard led us in that time earlier, and what do we hear? We heard God speak, whether it was through words or impressions or pictures or the scripture. He speaks today. 
But I would suggest the real question that we should ask ourselves is not, does God speak today? The question for each one of us is, do we listen to him? Do we listen to him? Are we in tune with him? You know, I was doing a bit of research on this talk and I found this quote from a professor who said this, I'm a middle-aged professor of theology at a well-known Christian university. I've written award-winning books. My name is on Christianity Today's masthead. For years I've taught that God still speaks, but I couldn't testify to it personally. I can only do so now anonymously for reasons I hope will be clear. That's quite striking. That's quite striking. But I want to tell you this morning, God speaks. The question is, are you listening? And we sang that earlier, didn't we? I am listening. The question is, did you believe it? You know, I, um, back in 95, I think it was, I was uh, with a jazz band and we went to the Edinburgh Festival. It was on a mission trip with... Uh, a mime group as well, and uh, there was a, a, um, a group over from the US that I was playing with. And the lead guy was, said to me, he said, you know, Mark, the problem with Christians is not that they speak lies, it's that they sing them. I was like, what? You can't say that you're a Christian. He goes, no, no, let me tell you. So often we sing things and we don't even believe it. It's like, wow. So every time I sing a song, I'm like, do I believe, do I believe it? Am I listening? And I want to challenge you this morning. Are you listening? Are you listening? And I think the problem is, is that we live in a world full of noise, don't we? That's the problem of this age, and that's why this is so, such a problem for today. It's like we're bombarded, bombarded. I mean, I'm on the train sometimes, and I see people with their phones, and they're, I've got nothing against smartphones. Thank you, Lord, for smartphones. They've enabled me to do many things I couldn't do before. But the, the danger is, conversely, that you've got all these apps, and people on Instagram, not, not bashing Instagram, but they're just there for 45 minutes, just staring. Noise, 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 noise. Are you listening? Nope, noise, 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 noise. This is the dangers of the world we live in. There is so much noise around us, but let me tell you the good news. In spite of the noise, we can listen to him. And so over the next course of two weeks, we're going to look at that. And this morning, I want to answer two particular questions. Number one, why does God speak? Which I think is important to get on the same page. And then we're going to look at and we're going to focus on how do we listen? How do we listen? And then next week, we're going to look at how does God speak? In which ways? How do we discern God's voice and not my own? And what do we do with what he says? So don't miss next week. It's going to be exciting. So let, let's start on this first question. Why does he speak? And I want to touch on very briefly to set the foundation, set the scene on five reasons why God speaks. Are you ready? Number one, to let us know he loves us. Simple. To let us know he loves us. I would say in pastoring and speaking to people and praying with people that most of the difficulties that I find that we face in life stem from two core issues. You know what they are? We have a wrong view of God, and therefore we have a wrong view of ourselves. We have a wrong view of who God is, and therefore we have a wrong view of who we are. And I see this play out in my kids' lives. You know, the, the moments where they mess up. And instead of coming to, to me for help, they have a wrong view of me and think, well, daddy will get angry and mad. I'm not that kind of guy, really. Then he will say, I'm silly. They come up with a narrative that's not true. I can't go to daddy. 
maybe we say this about God. I can't go to God with this. He'll just shout at me. We have a wrong view of God. And what happens? And, and then it, my little boy will go on sometimes. I'm just so silly. I can't believe I did that. I'm so dumb. I say, listen, son, listen. I love you. I'm not mad. My love for you is not about what you do. It's about who you are. And we all make mistakes. It's fine, darling. I'm here to help you. Let's do it together. You are not defined by your mistakes, son. You're defined by my love. (laughs) And that's what the Father says to us as we listen. And it's in those moments that the enemy heaps condemnation upon us. We have a choice. Do we listen to the condemnation or do we listen to what God says? Do we listen to his love for us? Number two, why else does God speak? To give direction and correction. I have to say personally that the most significant moments in my life have been when God has spoken at a crossroads. You know, when I married Steph or when I did this company or started that company or when I became a pastor. You'd be pleased to know I heard from the Lord. (laughs) I listened. (laughs) But you know what? It's not just the big things. It's not just the big things. It's in the supposed supposedly small insignificant things that God can direct our paths. You know, um, Steph and I have been having some building work at our house for, for a few months and we've had a, a plethora of, of builders and tradesmen and other people and they've come, we kind of got to know them. What do you do? I'm a pastor. A pastor, really? And blah, 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 blah. Anyway, there's one particular guy, an older guy, and he kind of, you know, we had a lot of conversations um, and one day he came by, the work was finished, but he, he was walking by and he just wanted to pop in and say Hello. And we were talking to him, said hello, and then I just felt the Lord say, just ask him if he's experienced God. Well, that's a peculiar question. I said, let me tell you, have you experienced God? He said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the scientific type, I said. You heard that one, right? No, I said, but have you experienced him? Well, I'm not sure. And I said, and the Lord said, just pray for him. I said, would you like me to pray for you? He said, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Most people, let me just give you some encouragement. Most people will not say no if you say, would you like me to bless you? Be, be a bit bold and courageous. You know what, can I just bless you? And so I said, okay, let's pray. I said, Lord, I want you to just demonstrate your love for so-and-so. Lord, would he experience you? Would he know you? Anyway, he starts welling up. I said, oh man, I said, how are you feeling? He goes, oh, God, I don't know what's come over me. I'm just feeling something. I said, do you know what that is? I said, that's the love of the Father. Wow, I said, you're experiencing God. Now, I could have missed that moment if I wasn't tuned and asking, Lord, what do I say? What are you saying right now at this point? This, you know, there, there are moments in our days that we have decision points. God is interested in the minutiae of our lives. He's a kind of God that knows the very numbers of hairs on our head. And so, God speaks Why? To give direction and correction. You know, there's a psalm, Psalm 81, which is quite sad in some ways, actually. Psalm 81, I'm going to read just uh, verse 13. God is saying this to his people. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies. Many of the problems we face are because we haven't listened to him. But God is so loving. He's saying, listen, just listen to me now. I've got something for you. And there'd be moments in my life where I've had to make a course correction because God said, you know, that was a mistake. I've still had to walk through the consequences. It's not as if he just scraps it off. But what I feel is his love and affirmation say, you know what, it's fine. This is the path I've got for you now. 
And so he speaks direction and correction. What about number four, three? There we are, three. To give us comfort and assurance. You know, through the storms that we face in life. And I said this on, when I spoke about hope. The reality is we will encounter storms in our life. The Bible does not say anywhere that you will not encounter storms. You will do. You will encounter some storms. And so his voice is there to steady us, to assure us that it will all be okay. You know, there are times when God will quieten the storms for us. I mean, we sang that earlier. You speak to the storms and the storms quieten down. But let me tell you, there are also times when he will quieten us within the storm. That simple voice, it's okay. You know, when my kid is, I'm, I'm talking a few, few stories about my family because this is a, a father-child thing we're talking about, the love of the father speaking to us. And sometimes when my kids get sick, and Lucy in particular is always very fearful of of being sick, you know, vomiting and kind of stuff. And if she's sick, say, Daddy, will it always be like this? I say, no, darling, it won't always be like this. It's going to be fine. But Daddy, can you, how do you know? She says to me. Because I'm your father, I know. Are you 99%, Daddy, or 98%, darling, 100%, you'll be fine eventually. <laughs> okay, okay, Daddy, I can get through this. Let me tell you, sometimes we just need to know that he's there and we'll get through it. And if you're going through the storm, I pray that you would hear his voice and I've got your child. You will get through this. I'm here with you. Number four, why else does God speak? To build our faith and trust in him. The very famous verse, Romans 10, 17. Faith, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Because when God speaks, not only do we know that it's his voice, but as we walk in what he has for us and it turns out that he's right, like, wow, yeah, you know what? I can trust you, Lord. You've done it before, you'll do it again. And we need to hear his voice. Number five, why else does God speak to build relationship with us? It's that simple. You know, my kids, talking about my kids again, they recently have taken to asking Steph and I lots of questions about us. So tell us about when you grew up. Tell us, they want to find out about us. They're not asking me for anything. They just want to know me. You know, one of the saddest parts in the Bible is Genesis. And we know the story, Adam and Eve, they sinned, they ate the apple. Sin came rushing into the world. And, and that after God is walking in the cool of the day, because that's what he did, we walked with them just to commune. He said, where are you guys? I've come just to have a relationship. But shame and guilt and all that other stuff cause them to have a, a blockage to God. Did you know that God just wants to commune with you? We should just listen to hear his heart. There's nothing like hearing his voice to give us the reality of his presence. Just so that we would know him more. The danger I have in my life is not always that I don't listen it's that I always listen for the answers to my questions. If only I would just listen for listening's sake. If only I would just listen to hear his heart. I know I would be changed and transformed into the likeness of his son. And so therefore, there are those reasons, five reasons to let us know he loves us, to give direction and correction, to give comfort and assurance, to build our faith and trust in him and to build a relationship with us. Now, I do not need to be prophetic 
to know that the majority of you guys can probably fit into one of these areas that you need right now. Maybe for some of you, you need to know that he loves you. Maybe for you, some of you need to have direction. Lord, what am I supposed to be doing in this situation? Maybe you just need that comfort and assurance that it's all going to be okay. Maybe you feel like your faith is weak. Lord, can I trust you? Or maybe you just want to go deeper with him and you're hungry. And so you just want to listen for listening's sake. Well, I've got some good news. We can listen. And that therefore leads me on to the focus of what I want to talk about. That was a very long introduction, wasn't it? but hopefully it sets some solid foundations over this week and next. And I want to look at a story of, of Samuel, a very famous story of how we listen. We're going to extract from this story four principles, and then uh, we're going to see what God's got for us. Four principles and how we can listen. So turn with me to Samuel 1, 1 Samuel 3, should I say. I'm going to read 1 to 10, and we're going to read this story together. You'll probably recognize it from when you were in Sunday school, for those that you did. And I know some of you here serve in, in Village Kids and Ventureland. Bless you guys. I'm sure you've read this story. Okay, we all together. Let's read this. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under the priest Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. Had gone, not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. I love that story. What a great story. Okay, what can we learn from this story about how we can listen to God? And I want to equip us so that we can position ourselves to listen. Four things. Here's the first one. Surrender. Surrender. You know, it said in verse 10, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Why servant? You see, it's about taking a posture where we recognize we are his that he is the creator and we are the created. It's about recognizing that we follow him, that we're created for him. You know, surrender flows out of humility. Did you know that? See, humility, let me just tell you, is not a feeling of no worth and no value. Well, look at little old me. That's not humility. Humility simply says, I am his and he is mine. He is God and I am his child. Humility, you see, moves us from a place of independence, where pride keeps us in, to a place of utter dependence on him for all things. That's a place of humility. And out of that, you see, surrender comes. You know, John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, used to say this, that we are merely change in Jesus' pockets. He will spend us as he wishes. What? How does one respond to that? Oh, no, no, thank you. Say, so actually, you know what? That's true, Lord. We are yours. 
and you are mine. You know, it says in Romans 12, Paul says, you know, in light of what God's done for you, in light of the mercy of Christ, offer all of yourselves as a living sacrifice. You see, surrender is worship. That is what it is. And so here we see Samuel, first of all, saying, I'm here, speak, for your servant is listening. And there might be areas in your life that you have yet to fully surrender. And you wonder why there might be a blockage. Maybe you say, Lord, you know what? I'm here for you. I give it all to you. Just speak. Number two, what is the second principle we can learn from this amazing story? The second thing is a position of expectancy. Expectancy, active versus, versus passive listening. What do I mean by that? You see, while surrender tunes us in by saying God's voice is more important than my own, that's what surrender is, expectancy causes us to be eager to hear his voice. Eager. I love this story. When Eli instructed Samuel to go and lie down and, and listen, uh, Samuel didn't say, well, hold, hold, hold your horses, Eli. With all due respect, this is the third time now. Uh, it's past three in the morning. This is taking a long time. I'm going to sleep. I believe that God's got something for me, but he can tell me in the morning. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't say that. No, he said, okay, sure, I'm eager. I want to be eager. He went back to listen. Let, let, let me give it to this as a picture. Who, 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 has, who used to have one of those TV sets where you had to manually tune it in and then have an aerial on top? You remember those? Yeah, a few hands. Yeah. How I miss those days. Not. But anyway, my brother and I growing up, we had in the lounge, or the good room, the nice TV that had the aerial on the roof. Yeah. But in the other room that my brother and I used to go into and kind of watch TV after school, um, it was one of those old ones. And so surrender, you see, is like making the choice that we've got to tune in to the channel. That's surrender. Yeah, you know what? I want to tune in. Expectancy is getting that aerial and trying to position to get the best possible picture. I'll do whatever it takes to be able to hear properly. That's expectancy. For some of us, we've tuned in, we're like, oh, we haven't got much of a picture, never mind. But you see, expectancy is being eager and saying, Lord, I just want to see the clearest thing I can. And that's what you used to do with those aerials. Now, there's a great verse, Acts 17, 11. It says, now the Barian Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day. That's eagerness. It's not just saying, yes, I surrender, but I'll listen to you next Friday. It's saying, I surrender now. What have you got for me, Lord? Being eager to hear his voice. The question this morning is, are you eager? Are you eager? Number three. Here's the next principle we can learn from this great story. Stillness in his presence stillness in his presence you know while surrender tunes us in by saying God's voice is more important than my own and expectancy causes us to be eager to hear his voice stillness in his presence enables us to focus on his voice in spite of the noise around us it's like to use that TV analogy turning the volume up when apparently mummy and daddy are speaking too loud I don't know you see even in the noise we can position ourselves to listen he says in verse 3, Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. There's an amazing truth in this. Listen. You see, the ark of God in the temple was where God resided. That is where God dwelt. And here we have Samuel resting. And we, um, Richard talked about this earlier. Resting in his presence. But I, guess what? I've got good news for you. God resides in you. You are the temple of the Most High. And in case you think I've just said something very heretical, <laughs> let me read 1 Corinthians 3.16. It 
Do you know, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Wherever you are, you can rest in his presence, just like Samuel did, lying down with God. Whether that be in the busyness of the commute to work or the business of the office, or when the kids are running around screaming, and when you've got the noise of the enemy just shouting horrible things, you can say, I just make a choice now just to rest in his presence. Be still and know that he is God. You know, I want to introduce you to this book. I love this book. I've had it for about 10 years. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God. Now, in case you think this notion of practicing the presence of God is some crazy thought of the charismatic movement, this was written by a 17th century monk called Brother Lawrence who worked in a kitchen in the monastery. I love this book. In fact, I'm going to get some this week and if you're here next week, I'm going to hand some out. But what I love about this, let me quote something from here. He says, sometimes I would simply consider myself before him. I beheld him as being in my heart, as my father, as my God. I worshipped him as often as I could. I kept my mind in his holy presence. That's what we need to do. Recognize that he is there. I recalled his presence as often as I found my mind wandering from him. Practicing the presence of God. And so we need to be aware that whatever we are, whatever we're doing, however we are feeling, whatever we've done, he is with us and we can lay down in rest in his presence. And in so doing, it's like we turn the volume up on his whisper. That's what happens. Okay, so that's the third one. Surrender, are you surrendering? Saying, I submit to you in all things, I'm listening. Are we expectant? Are we eager to hear his voice? Are we still in his presence? Do we make those moments in the day where we still ourselves, still unquiet in our soul and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm laying down. And lastly, number four, patience. You see, while surrender tunes us in and expectancy calls us to be eager and stillness enables the volume to turn up, patience shows our willingness until he does. It's like we accept that his timing is perfect. You know, it says in Jeremiah 29, 12 to 13, then you will call upon me, this is God speaking, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me, and when you search for me with all your heart, you will hear. You see, I, I fear that we have lost the art of searching and seeking. We have replaced with a whimsical look. And no, sorry, he's not there. But God is causing us to seek him. And I want to encourage you, I know many of you have, and this is not to bash you over the head and say, seek him more. It's to encourage you to say that in that place, you will hear from him. You will hear from him. You know, it said at the start of this passage that we read together, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. The word came in in a season where God had not been speaking. And I want to encourage you that you might be in that season. I haven't heard from God for a long time. But don't be discouraged. Don't say, well, if he hasn't spoken now, he must therefore not be there or he must therefore not care. Just be patient and say, I am waiting, Lord. I am waiting in your presence. And those, therefore, are the four things. And what we're going to do now in the time that we have is we're going to just practice this. You're probably wondering what this paper and pencils are about. Well, we're going to do this thing right now. We're going to come to him in humility and say, Lord, I surrender to you. What have you got? Your servant is listening. We're going to come eager saying, Lord, what have you got to say to me? We're going to come in a position of stillness and saying, Lord, I recognize that you are with me. 
I'm laying down and resting. And we're going to be patient, which means we're going to do this for five minutes. I know this might be a bit awkward, but hey, it's fun. <laughs> don't worry, we're going to have some music in the background to take that awkwardness out of the air, so to speak. And listen, I want to just say this. You might not hear anything. That's fine. Maybe you've got questions you want to ask God. Use that time. And maybe this is the start of something. And it's a, it's a habit you want to get into for the rest of the week. But I just felt the Lord prompt me to say, Mark, I've got things I want to say to my people from him to you. And I know that in the 9.30, many, many people heard from the Lord. And so we're going to do that now. Alex is going to put some music on now. And I'm going to pray. And we're going to spend five minutes. And we're just going to listen. Now, there's a reason we have a paper and pen. I don't want you getting your phones out and getting distracted. You can put it in your phone afterwards if that's how you want to capture it. Okay, Alex, let's put the music on. I'm going to pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this opportunity just to listen and to make space. Lord, I pray that for each one of us that we will come in a position of humility and surrender that would let go and let you in and say your servant is listening. I pray, Father God, that we'd be eager to hear. Lord, would you help us be still in your presence? Come, Lord Jesus. Now, you might get an impression. You might get a picture. You might get a verse. You might get a scripture. Next week, we're going to look at that in much more detail. But just write down what you feel the Lord might be saying to you. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's give you a moment if you want to write some more stuff down just to finish off. Thank you, Lord. I'll invite the band up while we do that. We're going to end in a song in a moment. Thank you, Lord. It actually goes pretty quick, five minutes, isn't it? Yeah. Let me just ask you, don't put your hands up if you don't want to, don't, don't want to, I don't embarrass you, but who felt like they heard something from the Lord? Yeah, bless you, let's encourage each other, that's amazing, thank you Lord. And let me just say this, don't be disappointed if you haven't heard anything, this is a, a part of being patient and just listening, you know, the more you practice listening, the more you tune yourself in, so I want to encourage you, this is the start to continue to do so. Here, who here maybe heard for the first time? First time anybody? Well, Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you that you speak today. I want to share what the Lord said to me. The Lord said, where my spirit flows, there is, a life. there is life. My life eternal. Kind of like that, my life eternal. Lord, thank you that your spirit flows, there is life. And Lord, that's what we want, your life. Why don't we stand together? I'm going to pray. And then we're going to just end in a song together. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we want to thank you that you are a God that speaks. But more than that, you're a God that speaks to us individually. And I pray in this season we would hear you anew and afresh. Lord, that you would help us by your spirit to tune our ears into what you have to say. Lord, would you not allow despondency and despair to stop us from tuning ourselves into you? Would you not allow apathy to stop us tuning ourselves into you? But would we do so in complete humility and surrender? and expectancy, knowing that your word brings life and life in abundance, that your truth breaks the lies over us, the comfort that comes from your voice, the love that comes from your voice, the direction that comes from your voice, the correction that comes from your voice. So Lord, would you speak to us, I pray, as we worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Jesus.